Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. So there's a song in my spirit right now. Okay. Sing it to me. Ding dong. Is this from the Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz. Okay. I am proud to announce that Megan McCain is leaving the view. <laughs> Dang, we call it Megan the Wicked Witch of the West out here. The way she was acting these last few months have been unbearable to watch. Yeah, actually. yeah. And we love a good discussion. We we both love the view. Anyone who's listening to our podcast, please understand. Ashley and I watch the view. <laughs> appointment television every yes day. <laughs> absolutely absolutely this is the show if we don't text about anything else during the day we text about the view <laughs> that's why we ride so hard for sunny because we love her but exactly but yeah i just thought that was something worth mentioning ashley like, i mean it was definitely I was surprised by how it was handled because I thought if Mm. Megan left, it was not going to be of her own accord. And the way that it was presented was this is a decision she made based on her family and based on wanting to stay close with her family in DC and all this. So I was surprised by that. Was I surprised she left? No, because honestly, four years is a good run for a, a, a right winger on The View. Absolutely. I agree. So Ashley, my thoughts about it is something had to change, frankly, like the bo- the pot was boiling over, like I mentioned in the last few months. And, it, and I knew something had to change when they did not get an Emmy nomination. Yeah, you mentioned that to me. I just felt that things definitely had taken a more contentious turn um, to the point of we talked about, you know, the new ABC News president, Kim, having to have a sit down conversation following one particular heated episode and between Megan and Joy and I just Megan and Whoopi and Megan and Whoopi. And I just felt that when Megan first came on the show, I was kind of excited based on the momentum of feeling like she was going to be a breath of fresh air compared to some people who had been on there previously. Really? But oh, oh, I was. I was excited for her when she first started. I honestly was. I thought she was going to be a younger, fresher take on this panel. But I have to be mm-hmm. honest that my feelings devolved. Very quickly, because she was spouting talking points left and right. I actually used to joke with you and say, I wonder if she's on their payroll. Like, yeah, (laughs) I also just felt like her rapport became 
a bit disrespectful for me. And that's where you mm-hmm. lose me. Like, I think it's one thing to stand firm in your arguments and stand firm in your points. But when you're huffing and puffing and you don't show up to the next segment because you're yep. upset and you, to me, that seems so unprofessional. You're talking you trash about the, the topics that the producers are choosing, yep. as we've talked about. You know, it just reached a point where it was no longer serving me as an audience member. And that's really all that I could speak to is was I still enjoying it or not? And I'm curious to see who they're going to replace her with if it's Anna come on Anna let's make this a permanent co-host position love 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 Anna and so for me I actually was not excited when she joined the view because as an avid viewer they were rotating all types of guests and there were some that you know was sticking a little bit longer and I was getting Mm -hmm. excited for them and to me, her and Abby were from left field and frankly, courtesy of nepotism. You know what I mean? I'm like, those credentials were always in question. All I got to say for everyone who's listening, just go to the Grio, the Grio um, site. They have their news media. Their title had me rolling. It was it was incredible. Anyway, this actually wasn't a part of our original lineup, but because it, <laughs> it came out today, we had to talk about it. As yeah. avid the view watchers, this is major. And listen, sometimes things have to be added to the agenda live, guys. This is what happens when we get on the mic together. So <laughs> absolutely. All right, Ashley. So also in quick headlines, Serena Williams is out at Wimbledon. Heartbreaking. Earlier this week, the 23-time Grand Slam champion was forced to retire from her first round match at Wimbledon due to injury. Ashley, and I'm getting all this from Yahoo Sports. Mm -hmm. She's not even the only athlete that injured themselves because of the conditions of the court. Exactly. French player. Adrian Manorano, please forgive me, sir, <laughs> for saying your name. He injured himself first, then Serena, and then other notable tennis players were slipping and sliding multiple times during their matches. Ashley, what were your initial thoughts when you heard this news about Serena? Uh, I was heartbroken because, as I've mentioned previously on the podcast, I am a fan of Serena. Uh, Serena is the GOAT. All day, every day. Um, I love her so much, and I want to see her achieve this milestone that I know she's been really, really, really hungry for um, yeah. since the birth of her daughter. And I want to see her overcome this moment and really be able to do the last thing that it seems like she probably wants to do to fulfill her legacy. Exactly. And this was such a good shot because you had Naomi, who wasn't in you had the number one seed I believe who I read was out so this is a really good time for her and Wimbledon is iconic is an iconic time to have won this 24th Grand Slam so I felt her favorite yeah I felt the pain I when I saw her in tears it choked me up a little bit I'm gonna be honest um because I'm rooting for everybody black and Serena is at the top of that list absolutely Ashley I couldn't watch the video for several days. I just could not do it because I was sick to my stomach because I am an avid <laughs> Serena Williams fan. Yeah. I have my Mount Rushmore of women who I want to meet. Mm-hmm. Oprah, Michelle Obama. Uh, well, Serena you met Williams. Oprah, sis, so you can cross <laughs> that one off your list. 
I, I, I met Michelle too. Um, <laughs> Hold on, when did you meet Michelle? When did you meet Please. Michelle? I met her in 2019. Did, I don't think I knew this. Yes, you did. How did I know this? Ashley, I have pictures. I met her with my mom and my sister. Oh, I don't even remember this. Dang. Ashley. I got to okay. start rolling with you and your family. I got to oh. start going to the same events <laughs> with y'all. I'm bring my mom right along. Don't worry, mom. You coming too because they meeting they meeting all of our sheroes. <laughs> anyway, Serena is up there, and Meghan Markle has been recently added to the list. But um, I was thinking to my stomach because I I had the same thing in mind. I was like, Naomi is out. She's focusing on the Olympics, um, and you know, I just, I just want her, because at this point is a mental thing, you yes, know what I mean? Agreed. Because she has, she could have had 26, 27 by now, because yeah. she's made it to the finals, but she hadn't been able to close out this hurdle. So yeah, I was sick to my stomach, but praying for a, a speedy recovery, sis. Yeah, and I don't know the rules at Wimbledon, but if Roger Federer is expressing concern and obviously you're seeing more than one athlete go down, shouldn't there have been a discussion of maybe a postponement um, until the weather resolved and the court was safe to play on? I mean, I just don't know any other sports that would allow multiple athletes to get injured uh, based on weather conditions. So all England lawn tennis and croquette club these are the people who maintain the courts. They said that they're happy with the condi- the conditions despite the complaints. So that was according to BuzzFeed. So I don't know. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Serena, That's what I have for that. Serena, we, we love you. We send positive thoughts and energy and prayer your way speedy recovery sis you will get this grand slam and more you can do it sis we believe in you yes all right ashley our second quick headline here britney spears petition to remove father from conservatorship denied by judge i'm looking at good morning america right now ashley yeah this is this is a tough one. Uh, according to Good Morning America here, they say that the petition to remove James Spears as the sole conservator of the of the estate is denied without prejudice. There's no word yet from Britney's camp on any appeals. Ashley Mm-hmm. I this is this is a this is a blow to the free Britney movement yeah I'm trying not to take it um as the nail in the coffin just because this was a petition mm-hmm. that was filed back in November and not mm-hmm. something that has happened since the discussion and conservatorship hearing that we talked about last week so I'm trying to take it in that But it also was a little illuminating because I didn't realize until I was reading up and prep for this that Jamie is the conservator of her estate, but that another lady is the conservator Mm -hmm. of her person. Jody Montgomery, I remember that name from the documentary Mm -hmm. Framing Britney Spears and Mm -hmm. 
curious as to the logistics of that because the way it seemed in the hearing previously, I thought Jamie was still over everything. So if we have mm-hmm. now another person who's involved, I read in the Yahoo News article, I was reading that this lady is supposedly going to try to help Brittany to get freed from conservatorship and show why she should be freed of it. But I need to see the proof in the pudding and not just keep hearing about how these people are handling things. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, if her lawyers, when her lawyers file to completely remove the conservatorship, if there's not true legal action taken, I don't know how the public is going to handle that, Delora. Yeah. And honestly, Montgomery and Jamie Spears were throwing each other under the bus after all this yes. was going on. I guess Jamie Spears' uh, lawyer came out and said, he does not speak or meet with Spears medical team. He did not permit, nor does he have the opportunity to provide any input into his daughter's current medical treatment, diagnoses, or therapy. Mm-hmm. And so it's a war of words right now between the two, two conservators, which makes me feel like there's something rotting somewhere. Like yeah. this seems very suspicious. But Ashley, when I heard this news, this low-key is suffocating. Like, I felt like it was hard to breathe, and it has nothing to do with me. Exactly. when is she going to get any relief? When? And I hate to go this far, and I almost don't want to say it, but I, I immediately was concerned about Brittany's overall well-being in life, frankly. Absolutely. If you have somebody who hops on a call and is pleading essentially for their life, and that's not taken to heart by every party involved, because again, I don't know the logistics of conservatorship law. I am not a lawyer. I have never studied law. Can they absolve the conservatorship on their end? I just feel like there are so many things that I'm not aware of with this situation. But again, if after all is said and done, Delora, the next petition that gets filed by her lawyers to completely remove the conservatorship because they're saying that will be the next step. If that is somehow not granted, I do not know how the public is going to react. So we will definitely keep an eye on this story. Um, again, hashtag free Brittany. Period. All right, Ashley, for our main hot topic today. Jesus, take the wheel. Bill Cosby freed as court overturns his sex assault conviction. This is from the New York Times. Ashley, on Wednesday, Bill Cosby was released from prison after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned his 2018 conviction for sexual assault, a dramatic reversal in one of the first high-profile criminal trials of the Me Too era. All right, Ashley, as you know, over 50 women from across the nation accused Bill Cosby of sexual assault and misconduct and statutes of limitations in their cases makes further prosecution unlikely. So 
it's essentially a technicality that Bill Cosby is out of prison right now, Ashley. Yes. So basically, the in one of his civil cases, he agreed to have a whole deposition and that prosecutor promised not to use any of his testimony against him. That prosecutor was then replaced with another prosecutor that used his testimony against him and hence the 2018 trial. With this also, Ashley, you can't do double jeopardy. He can no longer be convicted for this crime. Right. So he's essentially spent three years in jail after allegedly assaulting over 50 women over the decades. Ashley, what were the first words that came to mind when you saw this news yesterday? No fucking way. Um, It's probably the best way to sum it up. I was at lunch and I got a text first and then I got a news alert and I think that we talked just about not being able to breathe in the suffocation of the Britney news. This one hit me like so hard in a way because I just imagined what the victims had to have felt in that moment. And it had to have been disbelief and pure sadness and anger, right? Like, absolutely. I believe these women, if there's any question about where I stand, it is that he was guilty um, and that absolutely he got out on a technicality. I don't like this framing of this was an injustice that was righted. This is a win for Black America. He, This man does not represent Black America. Let's be clear. If he was ever y'all hero, I hope that myth has been dispelled. I do not have the capacity at this point in time to dive deep into it just because I think I'm still processing it. And I think it's still just so unsettling to me that the way that this situation has unfolded, because to your point, it is literally a legal technicality. It was the first prosecutor thinking that he didn't have a criminal case. So then trying to seek some level of justice, supposedly in a civil case for her, went the route of granting him the level of immunity of not ever being prosecuted. So it's prosecutorial negligence to a certain degree, but it's also mismanagement on the second prosecutor's part that he didn't- He he didn't get his due process. Yeah, Yeah. but it's also prosecutorial, uh, you know, neglect on the second prosecutor's part that you weren't aware of this somehow and that this still went forward. And now it's just, I mean- Maybe some of the victims feel, well, at least he served a little bit of time, but I just cannot imagine what you go through when you felt like you had finally received some level of justice and then to have it completely dismantled in this way and to have it so praised. Like one thing that has bothered me, and this is a lot, my last point to learn, I'm done, is the media coverage over the last day or 24 hours and the idea of wanting to hear what he has to say I don't give a fuck what this man has to say I don't want to hear his point of view I do not want to see him I know how I feel about this and how I feel about these victims that have come out in the years about sexual assault I believe the victim so from my perspective he may have gotten out of prison and all this and that, but he can go off and, and do whatever he needs to do. And I, I don't want to hear from him ever again. Well said, Ashley. Well said. 
Well, for myself, my initial reaction was, what the actual fuck, <laughs> right? Because Fair. I was like, what? You, of course, like most headlines <laughs> between our communication, it's like either I give it to you first or you give it to me first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we break the news person. to one another often. Exactly. <laughs> You informed me what had happened, and I was like, what? Yeah. And Ashley, this this is heartbreaking, but this is also not new. And I think that's what makes it also just, it's equally heartbreaking, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen this story time and time and time again. In terms of this being a win for Black America, what? Girl. No, what about the black is, women who accuse that man that is what of sexual I'm saying. Assault? And so for me, the win is for famous, wealthy men. That, that's who wins in this scenario. And I actually got that from our friend Andrew and, and my friend Brandon. They, they're doing this thing on Instagram um, live and they brought it up. And because you know Harvey Weinstein's lawyers hopped on this real quick and released a statement. Real quick, okay? Because it takes a wealthy man to have his lawyers while he's in prison actively find, you know, loopholes in the law to get him out. Because no average person could have afford that. Exactly. And with all the injustices and all the innocent people who actually do go to prison for crimes who need to be exonerated. And I just, it's so upsetting, Delora. This is one of those, if we didn't have a podcast, I don't think I would speak on this because that's how much it pissed me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's talk about Twitter because Twitter was an actual clusterfuck yesterday. (laughs) especially for black Twitter, because it was genuinely split. One of the driving voices in the Twitter discussion was from none other, Dean Ed Chadwick Bozeman, Mm. Howard University College of Fine Arts, Mm. Felicia Richard. If y'all could see me, I have my eyes closed and my hands up because I can't. Go ahead, Delora. Finally, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. A terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. She has since retracted the statement in saying that she supports survivors of sexual assault. Bullshit. And my hopes in no way intended to be insensitive to their truth. Please. Ma'am. Please. Please. Dare I say, bye, Felicia. Girl. And I'm not at a place where it's like, am I no longer going to support Felicia Rashad? Guys, I can't. I'm not there. I can't. I can't go there. I'm not going to cancel Felicia Yeah, I can't. I can't deal with that. I'm dealing with my emotions about the prime issue. But I will say that that was extremely disappointing. Again, what is it? about women sticking their necks out for these men and their reckless behavior because will it be reciprocated i'm talking to you sharon osborne particularly and i'm sorry women of a certain generation yeah i'm sorry but y'all do do this i remember when bill cot when the first stuff started going down with bill cosby one of my aunts sorry 
you, you know, we got into it a little bit because I flat out thought this man was guilty and you want to say otherwise. And I'm like, where are you coming from with this? I don't understand if he has double ditched accusers, why you're still so convinced just because he is Bill Cosby. So that's my main thing with all, any of these cases, Dolores, the idea that your fandom and your appreciation and your respect for somebody's work negates their humanity and the atrocities that they can commit because of that humanity. And Ashley, I'm glad that you're bringing this up because I actually did write down legacy. What does this do for his legacy, right? Because if I am frank, in light, in ever since 2020, I feel like, you know, we, we have a level of visibility on people we like to idolize mm-hmm. more than ever before. And we are actively learning how to reconcile the person from, you know, their work. Yes. And if you how can do, you do that, if and you, if you can, because some people now, can. And some people cannot. And I can honestly say for R. Kelly, throw that shit in the garbage. I'm good. You know what I mean? <laughs> I cannot say that about Bill Cosby, actually, if I'm being 100% transparent. I am not throwing away to, I'm not throwing away a different world. So a different I'm world not, is, is a caveat for me because I have not watched the Cosby show, but I... Cause he's not on screen. I think that's why. I think even mm. though you you know that that was that he took part in that show and that he was dealt with it because mm-hmm. he's not a main character on the show. I think mm-hmm. that's why I too have been able to watch it in subsequent years. And the goat Debbie Allen, of I course. I mean, exactly. she directed every episode after season one. She was in their first season. Now I wonder but if Debbie Coffolition was like, sis, what? Sit down. Wait, wait. Why was Debbie trending what? on Twitter after Felicia made that statement? Of they're course. like, get your sister. Like, we like Debbie. Uh, we like Debbie better anyway. Yeah. Because if Aunt Viv <laughs> is out here speaking on it, you know, people are like, come on, Debbie, call your sister, get your sister, get your sister. She's tripping. One of my, um, I don't know if you saw Daily Pod today or heard it. Uh, Justin Sylvester was like, that's why you don't give anybody over the age 65 a Twitter account. <laughs> that's how you feel, Justin. Is that how you it feel? It was petty, but you could tell she's so old school that it was like she felt there was a level of freedom. I felt that she thought she was expressing in that tweet that I'm like, ma'am, know know the audience. Yeah. You were better off being a silent person throughout this whole time. I had not heard a dangle. I heard more from her sister about uh, Cosby than I heard from her up until this point. Let them tweet, Delora. I love knowing where people really stand on things. Let these mofos tweet, girl. I want y'all to tell me who y'all really are, period. That's what I love about it. Tell me who you really are and tell me how you really feel, okay? Now I know. It's it's just, it's tough. It's tough, Ashley. All right, Ashley, if there's nothing else, that's it for our hot topics. It is now time for the recap. All right, guys, the recap for this week is Fatherhood on Netflix, but we are joined by a very special guest this week, my longtime, lifelong friend, soon to be first time daddy and fellow podcaster with the ITL podcast, Johnny Wheel. What's good? What's good? That that introduction was great. I almost thought you were talking about somebody else for a second. (laughs) 
but yes, yes, <laughs> I'm excited to to join you all, especially to talk about a fun movie that got some serious serious moments, but um, yes. a, a fun movie to to discuss. Uh, you know, none the wiser. So happy to be here. Yes, a fellow podcaster, uh, a podcast with with my friends that is not as uh, you know. I want to say as uh, on point as you all, because we definitely just get on the mic and kind of talk a lot of craziness. Uh, so yeah, the, the ITO podcast is the name of mine with uh, two of my closest friends as well. Yeah, but y'all been doing y'all's for some years. So y'all got this thing <laughs> yeah, exactly. down to a science. <laughs> get on the still, mics and just go. Yeah, we're still in our infancy. So we appreciate you joining us today. As I said, you about to be a first time daddy. So I'm sure mm-hmm. you related heavily to this. And obviously Dolores Child yes. is a good three years old at this point, Miss Amara. So looking forward to you guys's differences and maybe similarities and points of view. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. As I mentioned, Fatherhood dropped on Netflix on June 18th. It has remained in Netflix's top 10 since release is currently number five. Quick summary, a father brings up his baby girl as a single dad after the unexpected death of his wife who died a day after their daughter's birth guys I didn't know this until I researched I think like yesterday I didn't know this is based on a book this is based on a 2011 Mm -hmm. best-selling memoir two kisses for Maddie a memoir of loss and love by Matt yes is it Loughlin Loughlin sorry sir tried to pronounce your name correctly uh the cast of this Kevin Hart B. Kevin Hart stars as Matt, main character. Melody Hurd stars as his daughter, Maddie. Deborah Ayarinde stars as Liz, his wife. Alfre Woodard is Marion, his mother-in-law. Little Rail is Jordan, one of his friends. DeWanda Wise is Lizzie, a.k.a. Swan. Paul Reiser is Howard. Anthony Kerrigan is Oscar. Frankie Faison is Mike. And Thedra Porter is Anna. Guys, reviews for this, Rotten Tomatoes as usual, 64% critic score, 72% audience score, but as usual, our faithful Google users gave it 93% thumbs up. So as always, gave everybody else's opinion, but ours, Johnny, as our special guest, give me your grade for fatherhood. I've been so anxious for this because Ashley, as you know, um, because I talk to you daily. So when you all, you know, started this podcast, it actually made me sit back and, and I asked myself, all right, how do I grade movies? Because yeah. I hear you all give a grade each week. <laughs> so how do I grade movies? And, and what I came away with is the way that I grade movies is if I believe, it, you know, if I believe uh, the, the, the role that the character is playing. So my grade, I walk away with a B plus um, on this okay. movie. Um, and and I, the reason why it's really not an A for me is it's really petty, but it's a certain parts of the movie to where I expected more. So when, mm-hmm. for example, when he meets Lizzie, who has the same name as his wife, I expected a buildup to where there was going to be a, a moment in the movie to where that name created, I guess, some trauma or brought back some trauma for him mm-hmm. into which he played into that. And he forgot that she's not... Liz, his, his wife, she's yeah. the new Lizzie. Mm. And when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, oh man, why did y'all name her the same name? She could have been anybody <laughs> at that point. Uh, but, well, because it's based I, off I, the true story. That's real. Yeah. That his oh, new, okay. his new okay. wife's name really is Lizzie. So that was true. Wow. Yeah, that was wow. true. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So that actually may change my grade a bit. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> the the other reason for my for my grade is as you mentioned, you know, and the they next could have still weeks, taken creative license, Johnny. So I feel you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's true. Um, within the next three weeks, preparing to be a, a father myself and the way that this movie starts so heavy. Um, yeah. it it with having I'll be very, very transparent with having a um, appointment today myself with my wife. This movie gave me the opportunity to have some real honest conversation with our doctor about mm. this very situation. So I, you know, I appreciate the fact that I saw this before then because I was able to walk into that doctor's office and say, hey, what are you going to do pre-labor and post-labor to make sure that my wife survives? Mm. So that 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 was very helpful and, and, and informative for myself. That is powerful, Johnny. Johnny. I when I watched this and I knew you were gonna be our guest, I was like, holy moly, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This is not something you watched before, but I'm glad <laughs> that you said that because mm -hmm. Um, that just brings me peace personally. <laughs> yeah. Like you're okay, and definitely be praying for your beautiful wife for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. well, especially because you said your wife could not watch the beginning; she yeah. struggled with that. So the fact that she struggled, but then you were still able to take something from it that will be beneficial mm -hmm. to her yeah. during delivery is powerful. Yeah. So we we started watching it together, and we turned it off. Uh, because of that opening scene and then I just you know I watched it later alone and you know to be honest listeners when you hear this once you get past that scene it is a it is a, a enjoyable movie um, but that scene you know it is heavy but it, I did walk away with some some information you know, yeah. and lessons learned that's wonderful Johnny mm -hmm. Delora what's your grade darling all right so my grade is a b minus so I felt like the film was, a, it was a good film. You know what I mean? But I have to admit, especially once we get to when Maddie's a little bit older, there, there were a lot of scenes that just seemed to be thrown in there. There wasn't much of a connection or overlying theme. I mean, it could just, you could justify and saying, oh, well, you know, that's him living day-to-day -day life. But it just seemed like a bunch of just scenes put together and it, it didn't seem cohesive to me. And if I'm transparent, I got to talk about my birthday mate, okay? Me and Kevin Hart share the same birthday, okay? <laughs> I did not know that. We sure do, along with Tia and Tamara. I do that. And Curtis Petty. 50 cent Jackson, okay <laughs> listen you got stars on your birthday <laughs> exactly but all the men i don't i don't trust cancer men i'm a cancer woman love love all of us cancer men are are just ridiculous so i don't like to claim them so i say all that to say <laughs> we have a cancer guy friend don't we johnny <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah i i have so many thoughts on that i'm not gonna divulge but what i will say is <laughs> Kevin Hart isn't as this as charming or as innocent as he used to be and I say that to say a lot of his outside scandals like his 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 claim to fame is like the goofy lovable father husband good heart right his his company's called heart productions like so, you know, he always goes for the heart of things. 
some of his antics outside of his movies and shows. And then after doing that documentary, it did not help his case. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it just, him being the lovable, you know, I mess up, but I have a good heart thing, character, stick. It's not working doesn't for land, you. Doesn't mm. land for me as much anymore. Because mm. I see... Now I see the powerful comedian who, you know, does what you have to do because he's a man and he's a star. He sells out stadiums and he's, you know, he's Kevin Hart, you know, and I stepped away from the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Delora. I love it. Right. I'm done. Okay. So, so, Delora, Delora, I have a question. So yes. just, so are you saying when you watched this movie, you didn't see Matt, you saw... Kevin Hart and all of his outside mess. Bingo. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can't separate the man from the art at this point. All right. Well, now it's my time. And I'm with Delora today. It's a B minus. And I almost gave it a C because. So close. Yeah, for me, you know, and I've told this even to you, Johnny, I enjoy Kevin Hart's more serious roles, like The Upside with Brian Cranston. It's probably still one of my favorites with him. I have to see that. This film was enjoyable, but it in no way wowed me. I wasn't remotely moved by any of the scenes. I never even once felt even a little bit of like, oh, I'm about to tear up. And this was, there were some moments that really, I feel like should have moved me in some type Mm -hmm. of way. To your point, Delora, I think it was the pace a little bit um it but what it was not was the separation of art and life for me because with all the other shenanigans that people have done in the world we just talked about bill cosby for one of the hot topics mm-hmm. i don't care about no man who's cheating on his wife i really don't like i really 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 <laughs> don't that is not my business that is that man's household you know you have to mm-hmm. apologize to your family structure but you don't have to apologize to me that's none of my business So that did not impact me, but I just think that as a film, there were things that, to both of your points, I think were not utilized correctly in order to really get the response from the audience that they were probably looking for. So that's why Mm -hmm. it's a B minus for me, possibly a C plus, but I digress. Let's get into the good, good. Spoiler alert, guys, you've got to get into this film. So... As we've been talking about already, we start off heavy, heavy. We start off with a funeral. In Matt's words, this sucks. We see flashbacks. He and his wife preparing for the birth of their first child. Seven weeks early, by the way. She ends up having to have a C-section. And unfortunately, guys, she passes away the next day of a pulmonary embolism just as she's about to go see her daughter for the first time. Those who aren't aware, pulmonary embolism, she ended up having a blood clot that traveled to her to her lung. So Delora and Johnny, while they tried to inject a bit of humor, even like in the funeral scenes, this was traumatic, right? immediately you know for me at least I thought about the maternal mortality rate stats for black women in this country and the fact that black women are more likely to die during or shortly thereafter childbirth um, compared to other races and even Serena Williams I mean this same exact scenario almost happened to Serena Williams when she gave birth so you guys have both talked about this but what were your first immediate thoughts when you took in this series of events to start this film. Uh, Delora, I'll start with you. Oh, Ashley, if there's anything that's, you know, triggering, (laughs) 
thankfully I'm here, but when I tell you the level of stress and anxiety that goes through this process, being a woman in her childbearing years, being a woman who has been blessed to have a child to still be here, but has such a horrible recovery post cesarean, it's out there in the, for the world now. Um, it was it was very difficult to watch. It gave me extremely high anxiety watching it. I, I also thought of Serena. I also thought of the black women um, mortality rate, and you know it. And you know, obviously, with this being based off a true story, with the names Mac and Lizzie being in Minnesota, these are originally white people. Yes, they that are. This happens to, but I feel mm, like mm. it's more dynamic placing these beautiful, uh, placing these uh, roles to beautiful chocolate black people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It does hit in a different way. And yes. Um, I wonder if Higher Ground had anything to do with it. That's Barack and Michelle Obama's production company, which is behind this film. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. But, you know, <laughs> it just stings a little bit more, but it also is important to tell this story because this is something that's very prevalent in our society today. Correct. Absolutely. What about you, Johnny? So my first thoughts with the opening scene was mm, bad timing. Like, you know, why? <laughs> I, I knew that, you know, obviously from the trailer that he was going to be a single father due to his wife passing, but I was not expecting that to be the opening scene. So my initial takeaway was, huh, maybe maybe this is a bad timing to start it. Um, however, you know, as I talked about the information I walked away with, I did watch the movie twice. So the second time I watched it, this was after the conversation with our doctors and I watched all the missteps uh, that mm -hmm. took place in, in the delivery and the conversation that they had with the doctor while their initial initial doctor was in Maui, you know, so the, just the, the lack of, of care and attentiveness that was showed up front uh, from the person that was going to deliver their child. And then also that they were not monitoring his wife's blood pressure. So I, I saw all those missteps. The other thing is uh, Lil, Lil Rel, and I, I apologize to your listeners that I'm not really good with character names, uh, but Lil, Lil Rel, his character, that was refreshing because that is very real. You know, in, in my life, you know, going through traumatic situations and having male friends, that is what they do. For no other reason than, for no other reason than we probably just don't know what to say in those moments. Yeah. So they try to to lighten it with maybe jokes that just don't land. Yeah. And that is that it was it was very real to me because that is actually exactly what happens in those moments. Comparing so like, his okay, wife's comparing his wife's death to the time he got poison ivy and his face was yes. popping at summer camp. Yes. You yeah, know, I remember being a face full of tears and my guy friend still cracking jokes as if like, we're going to bring your spirits back up. And that is really what occurs. So, yeah. you know, I, I, again, I took away the realism of that scene um, as well. I love that perspective. Again, with Delora, <laughs> you being a first time mom who had to go through this birthing process, had to get a C-section, Black woman, know that process. And Johnny, you about to be a first time father, your wife about to go through this process. Yeah. Um, definitely was curious about you guys' takes. Johnny, to your point though, I'm a woman and I still struggle with grief. So I'm probably that person too, who somebody be like, Ashley, just go like sit down somewhere. Cause like, you don't have anything for me in this moment. And so I can yeah. be there for you, but I definitely do not. I struggle with words. Cause what do you say to somebody when they've 
lost their spouse mm-hmm. in this moment, you know, it would be hard, I think, for most people, but it added levity to the movie for sure. Um, I mean, that's such a difficult position to be in. The most exciting new thing that has ever happened to you. Yeah. Bringing life into this earth and then also losing the love of your life. Yeah. I mean, it's just un- unbelievable. You know? Alfre right. Woodard as Marion probably got to me the most though in that scene with her reaction to like, she just came up with the balloons and she's dropping uh, them. Yes. Where's my daughter? What happened to my daughter? Right. You know, it, that was probably one of the, the most impactful moment that happened. Um, and Matt, the real Matt said that it really happened that way in real life. And I can just, I can't, I can't mm. fathom it. You know what I mean? I can't fathom uh, do you it. Think, do you think, it was too aggressive, Kevin Hart trying to push uh, back on the doctors or what no, did you think about that no, part? I didn't think it was too aggressive because I can only imagine, like my mom, I watched the, the first time I watched it with my mom, she was like, him moving her head like that may have been an issue. I was like, but imagine if your wife, you see something happening to her and you're like, hold on, what's happening? What's happening? Right. Like, it was so unexpected. You don't know what your reaction is going to be in those type of moments. So it was very believable to me because I would imagine any husband is going to try to be right there by his wife's side and figure mm-hmm. out what is happening to Absolutely. my wife. Yeah. And then they're pushing him. Yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is right. going, what's happening right now? Yeah. And he carried that trauma throughout the entire film of not being there for her in that final moment. So yes. mm-hmm. it was very impactful for him as I think it would be for most people. But guys, I do mm-hmm. have one more question in this opening would you have attempted to speak at your spouse's funeral because i wouldn't have had it in me go ahead Johnny. I, 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 i'm with you ashley i probably would not be able to get up there and speak no not at all I would, being honest i would feel the pressure of i feel like i should say something um but i i wouldn't probably i wouldn't get a word out you was at my proposal so <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't get i wouldn't get a word out so yeah go ahead delora what about you I think, I think a level of shock is necessary to be able to do something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're operating on fumes, but you might as well just push through. I'm yeah. thinking of Vanessa Bryant, how she has been able. Oh yeah. That's a good example. To do so many memorials, public facing memorials. And even, even Chadwick's wife, even Chad's wife. Yeah. And I was going to say, even maintain a so- social media presence and all of it, you know, mm-hmm. the, I, she has to be dealing with a level of just disbelief to be able to be functional at this yeah. point, I feel like. Losing and her I husband and her daughter too. In, in, in such a traumatic way. Yeah. And, you know, they, they say grief, you know, comes in waves. So, you know, maybe it didn't come, it's not crashing on her now or yeah in this case matt he was able to make it through the funeral but but you specifically yeah. knowing yourself would you have been able to get up there and speak i don't know and I, i'm <laughs> even though i have a podcast i don't like writing a lot of tributes or speaking and speaking at speeches see i can't even talk now i'm just <laughs> 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 so i don't know i don't know I don't yeah. know. I, I pray. I don't like to think that far. I don't know. I hate to say it. I mean, I, I know think that's fair. People think about it, but but I think that's fair because again, grief is one of those things you don't necessarily know how you're going to process it until you're there. So I think it makes sense to say you don't know. I just know for sure. Like I couldn't even speak at my grandmother's funeral, let alone 
uh, my spouse or, you know, someone who was taken to me in such an unexpected, tragic, untimely way. Like, I just, I'm not that person, you know, mm. I don't even know if I would have made it in the door, let alone up yeah. on the podium. So, you know, a kudos to anybody, especially Matt in this moment who had the strength to get up there and at least try to say a few words. Yeah, and, and the Vanessa Bryant, uh, that was a good point because for this season, you know, as you mentioned, she's done so many memorials for this season. She asked the NBA, please don't do any more tributes. Don't mm. do a tribute on the anniversary. Don't do a tribute on his birthday. Let's just, you know, just go about our day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I didn't know that. That makes sense. That's yeah. too much. Thank yeah. you, Johnny Will, with the sports drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So both Matt's mother and his mother-in-law after the funeral feel he should move back from Boston, where he currently lives, to Minnesota, where he's from, for support, right? Because he, at this point, does not have anybody in Boston with him except his friends, his co-workers, his family, church, all of that are back in Minnesota. His mother-in-law, Marion, she's a little bit more aggressive, though, with her mm -hmm. stance and her words. But Matt is determined to stay and make it work. Marion even suggests at first, like, well, you know, I'll stay with you for six months. No, that's not going to work out. I think we'll get on each other's nerves is what Matt said to her. So he inevitably agrees to move back to Minnesota if things don't go well. Guys, in this moment, stay or go. Delora, would you stay or would you go? I would have stayed. I think it's worth at least trying to do it by yourself before giving up. You know what I mean? Like, just give yourself a chance. I mm -hmm. personally did not appreciate her delivery. I felt like she was mm. pretty aggressive. Uh, she does a really good job in these roles. I'm reminded of her role in Something New, one of my favorite exactly. movies. Yes, being the overbearing debutante mom. She plays that role very well. It's like, ma'am. Oh, and the other thing I want to mention is why his mom let his mother-in-law talk to him like that that was gonna be my <laughs> point delora i literally said why are you not sticking up for me mom why are you that, not sticking up for me that is not characteristics at least in the black community <laughs> where you don't be talking to nobody's <laughs> son on the side of your mouth like that no ma'am no ma'am no ma'am you might have doubts but you don't she just went hard it's the audacity for me you know the only mm -hmm. thing that I could figure and I'm I'm sorry Johnny I'll let you go in just a sec is that she knew that she was dealing with a different level of grief because she just lost her child right so I think maybe she was letting her be a little bit more reckless because she recognized the point. trauma that she must be going through but I was yeah. on your same page where I said hold on mom I'm going to need you to step up here. Don't let this other grown woman talk to me like this. But go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> I'll be honest. Now that I know that the original characters or the, re the real life people were not Black, the scene, you know, my take is a little bit different. It, it makes a little bit more sense, to be honest. Well, so because... in real life, his mother-in-law <laughs> is nothing like this. That was the okay. one big deviance he said okay. that he that they made was that his mother-in-law, he said, I get they added it for the drama, but this is nothing like his mother-in-law. She's a sweet yeah. woman, he said. So interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. So so seeing that, I was thinking to myself, the delivery is way off, but I can understand the sentiments because Matt does seem to be unprepared and, and not ready to raise a child alone. The crib is not ready. You know, yeah. he, he was not really equipped to, to take on this responsibility. I also was thinking to myself, maybe his mother is not jumping into his defense for two reasons. Number one, she may agree a little bit, 
you know, probably doesn't like the delivery, but agree with the sentiments of the mother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, but also she's maybe understanding down and distance. Now is not the time to create an internal fight within the family because we're all really grieving. And yeah. I expected her maybe to have a really deep conversation with her son later, but it came from the father-in-law, you know, later on and not necessarily from the mother, but that's what I thought it was building up to. And I was thinking to myself, the mom is going to have that mother's love. The only way a mother can talk to you and set you right on the right path. But I agree with you. I was like, okay, okay, mom, jump in at any point. (laughs) Right. Don't be because, you know, it's also like an elder thing, obviously, in the black community. We know, too, you're not going to pop off at someone who is your elder the same way you would. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why I was like, mom, can you at least peer, you know, back her down? Exactly. Because if (laughs) I do it too aggressively, then I will be considered disrespectful. And I think we as audience would have felt that he was disrespectful if he had come at Marion, you know, kind of sideways. So I agree with, I mean, I, I appreciate Matt's attitude though. You know, his attitude of like, I want to be in her life and try. Yeah. Before you st- take her away, let me try. I'm that and biggest I, and I daddy. Like, <laughs> I'm the pappy, right? I'm the pappy. Let me give it a shot. And, exactly. And I, and, I, and I may be going too far, but I remember thinking, okay, he needs Rocky Balboa right now. Because <laughs> if you remember in Creed, when Adonis found out that his daughter was hearing impaired, Rocky says, she's not feeling sorry for herself. So you need to stop as well. And there's mm. moments to where Matt definitely feels sorry for himself. And it's like, mm. stop it. Your yeah. daughter's not feeling sorry for herself. She may, you know, when she does that sleepover, she may feel like she's missing something. But mm-hmm. stop feeling sorry for yourself and, and be in your daughter's life. Mm. Mm. That was a great reference, Johnny. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. Creed out here. <laughs> um, I, I agree with never. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you guys that I would have gave it a shot, but I was thinking I might have taken her up on that six months though. <laughs> I might have been like, you know what? Maybe we could work something out. Maybe Absolutely. Three. As a person who had their child who had a C-section and who had a spouse and we were living here by ourselves, heck yeah, I would have had somebody <laughs> exactly. six months. You mean I can sleep? But, but with that sleep. mother-in-law energy though, maybe you're like, I need somebody to say six months, just maybe not you. Oh yeah, that could definitely be the case. But at that point, again, it, it would have been have possibly so overwhelming. Never... No, <laughs> absolutely. We Just to the movie, that. the movie mother-in-law, not yours, Delora. We know David's oh. mother's wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah, that mother-in-law. Yeah, that that's rough. Yeah, he's he's talking Marion specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and never throw David's mama under the bus on the pod. Never. Let's clean that up right now. Never. Love you, Davis mama. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> All right. So Matt, with the help of his friends, Jordan and Oscar, managed to keep little Maddie alive. I want to talk about one scene in particular where Matt cannot get Maddie to stop crying. So Did he goes. He managed to keep her alive. <laughs> yes, he managed to keep her alive. That was the question. Yes! What's going to happen? Wait, 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 wait. I will say, Ashley. The reason why parents, first-time parents, make a big deal for the first birthday is because you're rejoicing that you yes. and the babies are here. We're alive. Okay? We, we made, made it. it. We made we it. We made it. There, there is no instruction manual when taking care of a child. I don't care how many books you read, okay? Like, 
somebody bless y'all to make it through okay as somebody over here still trying to work on keeping plants alive listen i already know <laughs> i'm gonna be on my knees thanking jesus <laughs> if i can keep my little baby alive Every there's day. too much that can happen to them it's too much too they're so vulnerable much. they're so vulnerable so yes kept that baby alive but when he goes to this parent support group He's told initially that the group is only for new moms. Discrimination, first of all. Inevitably, he gets some invaluable advice, but I want to talk about this scene because, guys, in real life, Matt said that while this was true, they actually voted, the moms group voted to keep him out the group. Wow. And it caused such a rift. Heartless. Girl, it caused such a rift that the support group disbanded and some women left just to come and support Matt. So, is there a bias against single fathers? What are you guys' thoughts about that story of real life Matt's struggle? Johnny, give me yours first. Absolutely. You know, I, I know that, you know, there's there's a mother's love is different, you know. The, the mother carries, the mother delivery, delivers. So it is very different than a father's love. So for that, I, I can, I'm not gonna say I understand, but if I'm in those women's shoes, they're probably thinking you didn't push, you didn't deliver, you don't deserve to be here. But I don't understand why they wouldn't at least relate to the fact that he's by himself and needs some support and some guidance as well. Right. Expe you know, like, hey, I'm coming to you all. I, I didn't, I wasn't placed here. I wasn't, I didn't just walk around and just stumble upon y'all. I came to you all. So I start you all. men to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I sought you all out because I thought you could help and you're turning me away because of, for no other reason than you probably think I don't belong with you all. Because y'all want to so, sit yeah. up here and talk about the fact that <laughs> right. you want to kill your husband or that you yeah. get turned on yeah. by breastfeeding. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah. That, that was I didn't appreciate strange. that. I don't want right. to make anybody feel inappropriate, but that was gross as fuck. No, it, it was. was. Super gross. It was. was. Like, oh my God. It was. No. That's something you keep to yourself. I don't need to hear nothing like that. Hell, your priest and your therapist. You don't need to tell a group of women. <laughs> Delora, what were your thoughts about that? Him being voted out of the mobs group in reality? Well, I can see both sides of the story, unfortunately. So for me, my heart is big enough because I'm a cancer. Um, <laughs> I feel I like you need to make a song or something. You cancer it hard out here. Exactly. My birthday All is next week. Give me a break, okay? <laughs> it is cancer season, okay? It comes around true. once a year. True, true. Just like yo. Yo side, okay. No, I'm just like <laughs> you see how aggressive she is. I cannot. She <laughs> cancer. All that means is that she has a big heart, but she also can cut us off at any moment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My family is laughing really hard at that. <laughs> okay. Um, I would have definitely wanted him to stay, especially for the basics. He didn't know how to do the freaking stroller. Goodness gracious! I have to say, watching him go through the basics. My nurturing <laughs> side came completely out like, okay, you hold the baby, you hold them tight, you swallow, you hump, you swallow them. I can't even say it. You swaddle them, you, you, you hum, like, you know, all of that was just activated inside of me. Um, but I definitely would have wanted him to stay for the basics. Now, I can also see why women would not want him a part of the group because like to what Johnny said, it's like, you're not healing 
from being having abdominal surgery or having four degree tears on your vagina I need to talk about this freely with other women and I don't feel comfortable with a man in the group um but mommy wards are also real and there's some people who are just very they're just not nice people you know what I mean so I can I I I can see it but you got to give the man grace he's a widower like that's a lot yeah they didn't even give the man a chance it doesn't sound like like y'all just voted and said well because you have a penis regardless of whether or not you have a new born baby that needs care and does not have a mother that you don't deserve this type of advice and and the mother group and i and i want to i also don't want to say the only way you can be a parent is through you know pushing or Mm -hmm. housing a child because what about an adopted a mom who adopted i was gonna say adoption our our brothers and sisters and and non-binary people in the lgbtq community you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they need to be able to be a part of the forum too, it, just say it, it women only, I just think isn't fair. Yeah. Again, the, the support group said parents. So to Matt's point, if you say parents, that means you're allowing anybody to come in here, right? I can see exactly. if it was a support group that said ju- moms only. Okay, do y'all talk about Kiki, whatever y'all gotta do. But again, for me, it was absolutely discrimination. It was absolutely biased and I'm not here for it in any capacity. If y'all need to talk about some other things, um, do that on a different day of the week. Do a, a group chat. I don't give a fuck. There's no reason to not let that man in that group. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so on the other <laughs> side of that, on the other side of that, guys, at work, Matt was sleep during a medium presentation and had to abruptly leave to soothe a crying Maddie. Thankfully, the client seemed like they were so supportive, even though his boss at first was like, listen, I, I think I'm about to let you go. That's the vibe I was getting. Like, he's about to get fired. But yeah. I wondered during this scene, because again, I'm talking about single father, bias against single father four, was he treated this way only because he was a man at work going through this? Would he have gotten the same treatment if he was a mom, a first-time mom? Would they have been supportive of, of her sleeping while she's about to do a presentation? What did you guys think? John, uh, Delora, you first. Hell no. There is no way on this green earth that a woman would be able to soothe her crying child with a freaking vacuum in the office and then take half your shirt off just never in a million trillion quadrillion years okay first of all where's the nanny where's the daycare obviously i feel like this is a bit of a movie magic situation because how did he not know to at least find some child care for this child before going to work <laughs> well did he ever even take a moment because then his boss his boss was like you can take five or six weeks he was like I think I'm gonna need 10 to 12 years but uh I'm gonna come on to work though so I just think he never even took a day off it didn't seem like so that was interesting because again based on the way the movie went you it, it seemed like for sure based on his gender he was being treated differently that you even had the one client who was like oh I have a white noise app on my phone all this and that it definitely fell. By the way, clutch. Oh yeah. White oh noise. yeah. Oh you yeah. You need to get a warm <laughs> baby wipe uh, container. You want those wipes to be warm. They only matter the first few months, though. Later on, it don't matter. But the first few months, in the middle of the night, no baby wants a cold wipe on their bum. Okay, tears will Aww. come. 
Um, Johnny, you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to plug. I got, I got one too. So yeah, okay, you good. And, and you white good. noise, and white noise. So we still use the same white noise to this day. Maybe three. Okay. So I say all this, <laughs> no, but I just feel like I, I do feel like him being a widower played a role in their grace as well. I yes. don't think they would have extended that to him if, if, if it was a different situation. Johnny, what about you? I definitely felt like this was movie magic because I'm thinking to myself, okay, are y'all hiring? You know, where, where is this job <laughs> at that would allow this? Because exactly. with being in COVID and working remote, we're still like, okay, even though you're working from home, you need childcare. We're not even letting, you know, or-, or Don't be holding care. your baby on that Zoom. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I didn't think this was, was, was real. And I definitely don't think that, you know, for women, and sorry to go here, but- knowing that the real character isn't black i don't even think of you know black people in general will be given this great mm, um good point to, johnny to, you know <laughs> good point johnny but but i didn't realize this was based on a book i just thought it was you know the, a fictional moment in the movie because i'm like where is this at in reality you know now, I, don't, I don't think that would happen was it really funny for you because i didn't laugh <laughs> well in, in that scene well let me say this real quick I did a pre well, this is probably my judgment way off, but I thought Oscar was gonna be a snake at first. Oh because I thought Oscar was gonna be a snake because uh Matt's first meeting with the boss, Oscar says, Did you ask, did you tell him I can take on the client? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yo, I'm grieving and you worried about your, your you you climbing the ladder. So mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna turn out to be a snake, and I'm happy that he didn't. Um, whether whether I laugh, it was much lighter. The movie was much lighter than that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, lighter he, in that dynamic. <laughs> I could see thinking that he was going to be villainous too, just based off of the fact that he's always usually kind of a villainous guy in other roles I've seen him in. Like he has always. that look, like certain bald with no eyebrows. Like you know, you got typecast. He's hard. It could be a condition. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying he wait, got wait. typecast in certain roles. I, true, I forgive true. me for going there, but y'all remember Powder from back in the 90s? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do. That movie was actually quite good, by the way. But, I remember it was drama. Uh, it was very dramatic. But what but, I was going to say, that's though, what you reminded me of. <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is I don't know how true the, these scenes ring to Matt's okay. real story. Yeah. There's only certain portions that I read about, about the you know, movie magic versus reality. This isn't one of them, but I think that's a fair thought still. Because again, I talked about gender. So to talk about race and whether or not in real life, a black man would ever see this type of treatment is fair and valid as fuck. So the second half of the film, we flash forward. Maddie is about five or six years old. Matt is dealing with a new set of problems, like how to do his own child's hair and adhering to Maddie's Catholic school dress code. Maddie, not Maddie, Matt also gets set up by Oscar and his wife with Lizzie, who we talked about earlier. She's an animator. This is Matt's first love interest we've seen in the film since his wife. And it's a connection. Something about Matt and these Liz's. Would that be weird for y'all to date someone who has the same name as your deceased spouse? Are there any names that pop up for y'all in real life more than once in your love life? I'm gonna start with you, Johnny. Well, I would say it would definitely be uh, helpful to, because I wouldn't forget her name. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have that awkward yeah. moment in bed the Absolutely. first time. <laughs> 
the the name would just roll off my tongue. So that would be helpful. Um, I also, I just want to say real quick, you know, Nola Darling, I was when I saw her pop yes, up in the DeMarcus. film, I was, like, yes. <laughs> I was like, she's so beautiful. Great cast. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, but, you know, uh, so your question was, would it be difficult? I, I was asking, would it be weird? Would you answer? But then I also asked, are there any names that pop up more than once for you in your love life in real life? You got, any, <laughs> you got a couple of anybody's lurking in your Rolodex? <laughs> Uh, uh Gabrielle, Gabrielle seems to pop up a, a couple of times. First of all, he's saying <laughs> that God, no, he's saying this because he thinks Gabrielle Union is his woman and she's not. He's living in a oh fantasy God. world. <laughs> he's living I mean, D Wade ain't that much older than us, though. So. That's true. Exactly. So, but you know. but Johnny been on this Gabrielle train. He hoping she's listening to this podcast right now. She will, she will. <laughs> <laughs> we we need about, to review LA's finest, so go ahead. I cannot. What about you, Delora? <laughs> Honestly, I've had crushes on people with the same names for sure. Okay. I mean, a lot of Brandons in my life, a lot of Davids <laughs> in my life. You know what I mean? We we had so many. You know, that's like a guy in our generation being in love with a girl named Ashley. Exactly. So. <laughs> Exactly. My point was about to be, y'all know I don't never assume I'm the first or the last because <laughs> I'm an Ashley out here. So I'm like, you know, call me what you need to call me, baby, because I already know there's been some others. <laughs> really quick, didn't people probably call you by your last name through the years, didn't they? So probably at everybody's phone, I'm Ashley Long for sure, because people got yes. a million Ashleys. I only know a couple yeah. of people who have given me nicknames over the years. Like I have a friend now who calls me straight by my middle name, does not even call me Ashley. Okay. And I, like my mom and other people have called me different things. Johnny, speaking of Johnny right here on the podcast, calls me a different nickname. He calls me Boogie. So there are definitely people <laughs> who do not call me Ashley, but I respect and appreciate it because of how basic my name is. Really? Girl. The Lord let me say, in college, when she saw that her name was Ashley Long in my phone, she gave me hair. <laughs> well, because, well, because as my best friend, you don't need to still be having my full government name in your phone. That's disrespectful. I'm I was so just sorry, thing, Ashley, because you're definitely moment. Ashley Long in my as, as I said, I already know. I, I've gotten used to it. I understand. But to your point, Delora, it's the basic man names that have popped up for me. There's been a couple mm -hmm. Nicks, a couple Mikes couple alexes like definitely those basic names oh definitely Nick coming from? yeah first of all is Nick basic you, that's a basic don't have me put people out here on the mic i'm just giving a couple names okay okay okay, okay. all right <laughs> but but to answer my own question it would probably be weird at first but I think eventually you just like that person for who they are separate Absolutely. from that situation yeah. so you get used to it right and you see he didn't make it a huge deal um yeah. Maddie I have has to say he he's his coping mechanisms were top notch in this film I don't know if he just buried them all you know what I mean and like to Johnny's point you know with the Liz dynamic he just didn't really I just don't think they dwelled on it. I think they chose not yeah. to dwell on it. I'm sure he had his moments. I love their back and forth uh, banter, the way that they, you know, that was their way, their flirt language, I would say. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really dope, yeah. Frank. I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> she said it real deep. 
Hank. Give me yeah, Hank. What I say, Frank? Lord. Yeah, Frank, yeah. Hank. Have I'm a good close. night, Hank. But then she was like, "You may take out my false teeth or leave them in." Like I love the, their <laughs> right. whole little scenes were Smart. cute. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if you caught that. That was definitely a consent scene. Something that I noticed more. Yes, more I'm gonna kiss you films. now. Uh huh. Yeah, which is a little. You can tell he tried to make it sexier than <laughs> me. I kiss you. You know what I mean. But yeah. she was able to say yeah or nay to that. So he yeah. put that black man swag on it. Sorry if y'all heard me say ow. I just hit the crap out of my knee. But moving on. <laughs> moving on. Maddie has an accident at school that cuts open this child's whole forehead after she's forced to wear a skirt for the dress code policy at school and jumps off the jungle gym. Matt misses the calls, initially doing some grown-up things with Lizzie. Even though both he and Maddie have fallen for Lizzie, he breaks things off after this scene. So, guys, was the school at all at fault for Maddie's accident or Matt, for that matter, based on this whole dress code thing? Delora, I'll start with you. They kind of forced this child into a skirt. Y'all didn't call her dad? They're, okay. Right. But, I mean, yeah, right. according to them, they had been asking him. and then, <laughs> He drove off every know, morning. <laughs> every morning. So maybe they were trying to send a message to him because he agreed to it initially when they signed her up. For me, why did he put that girl in boys' underwear? Like, I do understand you can do what you want and your kids may gravitate to certain things, but I just... I... I hate that black women's hair and appearances are always up for debate. Um, but it's like, he didn't have a braider on lock. When I tell you, he probably, he should have had his community set up to where it's like, okay, you have, that way she, she could have had some feminine influences. I don't know. I, I do feel like it's ultimately his fault because he was asked repeatedly. Mm. And this is just a consequence of, um him not following the rules and I'm not blaming the little girl for wearing boys underwear it's just it just all accumulated poorly you know at at the same time in that scene what about you Johnny well when she put on the boys underwear I knew exactly what he could have been thinking oh boys underwear is going to cover you more (laughs) than girls (laughs) underwear so absolutely let's go for it you know, so I, I, I couldn't, I didn't fault him because I probably would have done the same thing. Um, is, is the school at fault? Not at all. You know, playground uh, accidents happen, um, especially, you Don't know, I know. It, <laughs> at this point, she was, looked like she was trying to defend herself because they were teasing her. Um, I do agree that they should have contacted the father and said, hey, we've tried to um, get you to put her into the school uniform. We have a skirt on hand. We're just going to go ahead and put her in this yes. uh, for now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife went to a Catholic school, so uh, skirt was part of her uniform. So, you know, watching that scene, mm-hmm. that's what I thought about. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't put the school at, at fault for this situation. What did you think uh, about Matt, though? Going... I'm sorry? What did you think about Matt? Did you feel like Matt was all at fault? Uh, well, for the way he handled her being hurt. Um because he lost his wife, there's this, this is feeling that, you know, when you have a child, you want them to have the same up, the same traditional upbringing you may have had, mm-hmm. right? So he was like, okay, your mother's not around. You got hurt at school. This is on me. This is my fault. And he does this throughout the movie to where he, he uh, claims his fault. And when you do that, 
what you expect everybody else to do is be like, okay, he's owning it, so let's just step off of him. But that is just you know, a defense mechanism to try to take the heat off of it. But you see that he realized later on in the film that you may not have the traditional upbringing, but you do have a community that's helping raise your daughter, including the new Lizzie. You know, she was part, going to be part of that community to help you with your daughter. So were you at fault because she got teased? No, kids, kids would have teased her about something, anything. Had she yeah. had on a girl's underwear, they would have teased her about that. For something um, else, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will say, oh, sorry. And I was going to say, he. I think he just, he blamed himself too harshly than what he needed to. Mm. Well, to me, it was definitely the guilt of you know doing adult things during the day for sure and then not I, being know, there it's, it's kind of like people with ocd is like okay so if i wash my hands before i walk out the door you know yeah. everybody's gonna come home nice and safe like that doesn't really happen but when you do something that you already feel some kind of way about and then something bad happens as a yes. result it's like oh i knew i shouldn't have done this i would i would you know he, he was feeling guilty for enjoying himself you know what I mean like letting up I agree so strongly with points that both of you have made Johnny to your point accidents are going to happen she's a kid you cannot protect her from everything right so whether it happened this day another day eventually you weren't going to be there and you know she's a kid Delora to your point he definitely felt like if I had not started dating someone and started living my life away from my daughter, I could have somehow prevented this and, you know, been there for her when she needed me and all this and that. So I think both of those points are super strong. I will say this in this scene, I was thinking, Maddie, if you jump off of this jungle gym, you're going (laughs) to bust your ass. And yes, you did. And yeah. you're a kid and it is what it is. And hopefully you learned your lesson. But I just don't think I thought of it as like somebody's at fault. Cause I just thought of it as like, well, how many kids did we know back in elementary school, Johnny at Bellhaven who jumped their ass off, off, off of a jungle gym or doing something crazy. Or, I mean, I've injured myself. I've hit people in the face with stuff. You know, things happen when you're, <laughs> when you're a child. So I felt sad and, and, oh i did and I, actually I was you know tumble. i was rough and, actually, and tumble back in the day and actually you know there's a classmate that gets on my nerves to this day because she was always injured <laughs> why you hurt every reset it was annoying because people are testing those boundaries at that age you know what i mean like kids to this day one of the things that disturbs me is how reckless kids can be with their bodies they will toss yeah. their asses off of anything and it yeah. like terrifies me like i refuse to go to the skating rink with kids now because i'm like your little bones will bounce mine will break baby and mm-hmm. i ain't got time today so mm-hmm. the scene just saddened me because to your point delora i think he was so hard on himself and breaking things off of Lizzie was not the move like I understand that you're reeling from no. this and the trauma because we didn't talk about the fact this is his first time revisiting the hospital his wife passed in yes. so it was that trauma of like I wasn't here for my wife when she needed me now I'm not here for my daughter when she needed me um that added on to that but Matt these things are gonna happen she's a child she's just a child so there's one more yeah. thing so in that break uh he kept repeating, it didn't happen to me. It didn't happen to me. So were you, so was he saying, 
it should have happened to him. He would have rather it happened to yes. him than his wife. Is that what he was saying in that moment? I agree, Johnny, because I think it goes back to the very beginning where he has infant Maddie in his arms. He said, if you had had one parent, I wish it could have been your mother. Mm. I think yeah. he felt I think he felt survivor's remorse throughout mm. the entirety yeah. of the film. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and to me, it was just hard to read in that moment. And obviously, Swan was heartbroken. Do I know you, she was shedding do tears. You think, do you think it was redeemable, redeemable, though? Like if someone had said that to you, Ashley, would you ever take them back? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get there. But yes, because it's a traumatic situation. You under you have compassion and empathy for what he's going through and the fact that this is the first relationship he's really trying to get back in he's doing the best he can Mm -hmm. he's traumatized by the scenario so yeah I mean and I don't think he even handled it harshly I just think he said we're not ready I mean he said she's not ready but really Matt wasn't ready right because he was still Mm -hmm. trying to process and and get past what had happened to his wife so you know yeah and I thought Lizzie did a great job in that scene because as I'm watching her I was getting the feeling that she's hurt, but she's also understanding yeah. that his words are coming from pain. Exactly. And that, was, and that shined through the screen, yeah. She was top notch, which made it even harder, right? Because we're like, <laughs> you let the good one go. What are you doing? <laughs> right, right, right. What are you doing? She's amazing. So as we're wrapping up the film, Maddie longs to be close to family. And she asked to stay with her grandparents in Minnesota, which Matt actually allows briefly. Feeling, to our point about feeling guilty and all this stuff, he thought this was doing what was best for her. He says throughout the movie, I want to do what I feel like your mom would want me to do. Um, And he's really questioning his parenting. In a conversation with Jordan, he says, you know, I did the bare minimum. You know, I kept her alive. I did the, the bare basics of what you do as a parent. Would you guys have agreed to let Maddie go for any period of time? What's the longest you go with your child living somewhere else? Johnny, you first. Agree is, is, is hard, but I'll, I'll talk about it from the <laughs> confines of this movie because when I say that he got some wisdom from the father-in-law, this was the moment because what resonated for me, getting ready to be a new parent, when he talked about, you know, I don't know if I'm doing what's best for her or what's best for me, and I'm trying to figure that out, and the father-in-law goes, you know, that's what, you know, being a dad is all about. You, you're, you're, you're confused. You really don't know if your decision-making is in the best interest of your child. And you're thinking that you're trying to do that and you're trying to, you know, make sure that you're setting up her up for a better life. And especially as hard as he was on himself and looking at the work that he's done, you know, she's injured. I feel like a failure. So yeah. I'm going to honor her wishes of being around family but in the end, she wants, she needs her dad too. Um, so, you know, whether it's an agreement, if I'm in that emotional situation, I probably would be like, okay, I have to be selfless. And this is the, in thinking this is the best for my daughter, even if in the long run, you come back and say it maybe was not. But again, this was an informative and educational film for myself. Um, Ashley, we have a, a mutual friend that told me that this movie, even though his his uh, his mother's uh, or his child's mother is not deceased, he feels like a single father. So this spoke to him as well mm. because he feels like you know this is my life too. You mm. know, trying to make these decisions, what I think is the best for my for my for his son, rather. Um, so yeah, Time in line. this moment, Time how long? How long has he been that way? No, how long would you let your child stay somewhere? Me personally, a week. 
(laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've also thought about the ideas of like, okay, maybe, you know, it may be, it may be beneficial if he spends, you know, maybe some weeks in the summer with his grandparents that where he's away from mom and dad. I I don't know, you know, you just got to play those things, you know, by ear as he grows up, but some, and I heard, and I learned about what's called helicopter parenting and maybe Lori, you are familiar with this. So I I learned about this from this film too, you know, doing some, some research and a lot of helicopter parenting to where we think we need to over and monitor our child's every movement. And sometimes what that causes is not that they're going to abide by what we say. They're just not going to tell us they're going to be, they're going to lie about it. Mm. So, you know, maybe you have to, you know, ease up a little bit. Hopefully in that case, you've built a solid foundation with your kid (laughs) to try to have some trust. Delora, what about you? Would you have agreed to this? And what's the longest you could go with Amara living somewhere else? So for me, it just depends on the age. Like right now at, at her age, I think she's too young to be gone anywhere for a long period of time. But if we're talking like around age six, seven I'm okay with a a week um during the summer that's not a problem for me um and his decision to let her stay I I to me it wasn't clear how long he let her stay because yeah they didn't give a strong indication given up altogether or is this just something again like a winter vacation or a (laughs) summer vacation um but you know I'm again being here where I live without either side of our families and not having any close close friends that live really close close by before she went to preschool I can count on my hands how often she wasn't with either me or Dave yeah (laughs) yeah on one hand okay so she's been very much a part of our lives like once you get a kid that I mean and, but that's what it is though, right? That's what right. it is to be a parent. They right? are yours so, forever. I do know people who have, you know, have different stories, but but that's just our story, so. Yeah, I think bringing up the age is, is legit, but I will say this, I'll report back to y'all, but I'm gonna say this, No, me as I stand, I worry too much about the world more so than even about what my child would do. I worry about how the world is going to affect my kid. And especially Mm -hmm. like knowing that molestation happens a lot of times for people within their own families and all this and that, like I would be very uncomfortable with my Mm -hmm. kids spending any prolonged period of time under anybody else's roof without me. And that's just point blank period. Mm. And I feel you on that with having nephews, I'm that that uncle to where it's like I I need to see where they at where are you at yeah. on the playground mm-hmm. and I and I and I tell mm-hmm. my brother all the time I said we were walking home from school as first graders mm. I would have a panic attack if I just knew my first grader was walking home by himself yeah to the house. And that's so Which generational <laughs> because imagine <laughs> yeah. like our parents felt like they had even more freedom back in the day and then yes. we had a little less, they but the world is scarier. The yeah. yeah. The world is just a scarier place. The world place. is just as scary. I, I do feel like it's just as scary. I think the issue is because there's nothing new under the sun, right? So for me, I feel like we're, we have verbiage. We have a level of communication with mm. social media that highlights. <laughs> the dangers that so many people kept to their chest all these years um 
I think certain things have escalated, but I get your point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I get your overall point. So by the film's end, Matt's been promoted to succeed his boss at work. Big things. Maddie is back in Boston because to y'all's point, he ain't leaving his child, okay? He brought her Mm -hmm. ass back. And Lizzie Dose gives Matt a second chance. Oh, and in end credits, that Catholic school dress code, they changed it. So we get to see a lovely scene of Kevin Hart wearing a skirt. Any final thoughts that y'all have on fatherhood before we get out of here? Johnny, as our special guest, give me any final thoughts you have, sir. Well, yes. Yeah, so number one, Kevin Hart caught a lot of flack for wearing that skirt. Um, <laughs> he, he, he caught a lot of heat. And in, in watching the movie and, movie and finding out that was ending credits, everybody looks crazy for giving him hell for that, especially in the context of him just being in dress code so yeah. that way his daughter, you know. Supporting, yeah, it was, it was being a supportive dad. Exactly, exactly. Uh, final thoughts for me, again, you know, my 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 perspective and vantage point is probably a lot different because I am pre- uh, preparing to be a father. So I walked away, you know, with a lot of, you know, information and things to look out for. Um, but at the end, it, it, I agree with you. It didn't wow me. And, and again, maybe that could be because they tried to stay true to the book. I expected some twists and turns. Uh, my, my, you know, the thing that I really appreciate the most is that I love watching Black people on film just existing. You know, yes. not a lot of, not yes. a, you know, drug dealing, crime, gangster this, gangster that. We yep. just existed in the world. We found love and it, we raised a daughter. It was just great to see. Great point, Johnny. What about you, Delora? Final thoughts? I loved the cast. The Liz One was gorgeous. That baby. Liz One. <laughs> that baby was so cute. And then, you know, Maddie is, I mean, all the kids, the whole family, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, like Johnny said, seen black people on screen just living mundane lives i'm here for it because i mean that's what we're doing (laughs) we're just human beings we're just human beings exactly and and yeah i and i'm i love little rail so it was really fun to see him in Mm -hmm. this film and the scene where he started tearing up when she was taking her first steps oh there's somebody (laughs) cutting onions Again, there's nothing wrong with expressing how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that was What about you, Ashley? Well, I appreciate you guys' finals. My final is really just, again, it may not have wowed me, but Kevin, keep doing these types of films because I can tell you I definitely enjoy seeing you in Mm -hmm. these more than some of the straight-up comedy. So keep it up. Look forward to seeing your next project. And guys, if that's it, that is our recap of Fatherhood. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us thank you absolutely thank you so thanks much. for having me thanks for having me ashley are you ready for the hidden gems i am you go first all right this week i have two hidden gems my first one is good omens on amazon delora this is a show i watched a minute ago girl but i mm-hmm. made it a hidden gem because i just read an article that they are finally green lighting to do a season two so season mm-hmm. one dropped back in 2019 loved it the basic actor. 
Love him. The basic premise was an angel and a demon who are fond of living on earth team up to stop Armageddon. It is so humorous. To your point, Michael Sheen and David Tennant, who starred it, have such great chemistry. And as we always talk about, we love the fantastical types of series. So it fell in line for me with that, with just this, you know, biblical twist on it. So I loved it. Good Omens season one is currently on Amazon Prime. My second hidden gem. It's been a couple of weeks, but I had to do it. Her back of my mind album, my girl. This is her sophomore album. Um, mm-hmm. this album had to grow on me though, Delora. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was not feeling it at first, except maybe like two songs. But you know what? I blame I blame mm. my listening forum because I was listening or my listening device rather I was listening on my phone speaker because I was not at home for Mm. a couple of weeks I was out of town so once Mm -hmm. I got home I was able to listen y'all know the best time yep the best uh speakers your is your uh car speakers so once I got that good car listen once I listened to it on my bluetooth in my house loved it fell in love with it I listen to it every single day my favorite songs right now are closer to me don't exhausted all those like slower r&b joints on there and then my mm-hmm. absolute fave right now is for anyone so solid Ooh. drop from my current favorite artist her and those her. are my hidden gems thank you ashley so i have two this week both albums the first maroon five in one of our recent podcasts i mentioned that maroon five was my very first album i bought by myself and honestly they the first album is the best from them frankly because they actually were trying to be a rock band ever since they've been on the pop train you know the money the money flows on the pop train and and they're amazing so their new album Jordy is named after their late manager and best friend Jordan Philstein who is Jonah Hill's older brother actually Uh, He died unexpectedly from a blood clot. And it's actually a somber album. Even the poppier up-tempo songs, you can hear a bit of sadness in Adam's Adam's voice. But it's still really good because I feel like it's a reflection of what we came out of with 2020 and the pandemic and Mm. all the loss. That makes sense. But this album features the single Beautiful Mistakes featuring the Stallion, Mag the Stallion. You sound like um, my uncle. My uncle's always like, have you heard that new song from the Stallion? And I'm like, <laughs> you mean Meg? Um, I really enjoy Echo, which is track three. Girl, they got a song with the legendary Stevie Nicks, which I lost my sugar honey iced tea over called <laughs> Remedy. Um, I, they have a song with her which is so good called convince me otherwise now that i will be listening to a solid solid record um honestly frankly one of my um favorite listen through records by them in a long time frankly and so yeah so that's that and then my second album hidden gem doja cat someone who was canceled earlier but she's super talented she's super talented like her live performances during the pandemic solidified her star for me there's pop girls who can't dance on stage like she does so Mm. this new album planet her 
it's going to win or something. I feel like it is a solid project. Again, an entire album, good to listen to all the way through. I love how borderline crazy she is. If you know, what I mean. <laughs> you know, favorite records on this album would be Woman Track One. Love it, love it. It's giving me like Afro beats feels. Mm. Like I, I just feel like shaking my hips and drinking the pina colada. Um, <laughs> She has a song called Need to Know. Really good. She also has a song with Ariana Grande called I Don't Do Drugs, which is true (laughs) for my life as well. So, and of course, Kiss Me More featuring SZA, which is her current hit. So highly, highly recommend these two projects. They're genuinely good to listen through all the way through. So, and that's it, Ashley. Nice. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening as always. Thank you to our special guest, Johnny Wheel, for joining us today. Be sure to, uh, you know, do all the things that we generally ask you to do. Follow us, tell your friends and family, and we so look forward to seeing you guys next time. Bye. Bye.